letting you down, Andrew. I've been <laughs> been so behind in the movie world. But I have been reading a shit ton because for school, we have the book that we're like reading as a class. But of course, mm-hmm. some of these kids <laughs> are retaking uh, English 10. Mm-hmm. So they have already read this book and they like yeah. know the whole plot because we're reading Lord of the Flies. Yeah. And so with these kids, I was like, okay, we'll read something else. And I let the kids pick. And one kid's reading Stories of the Dreamlands by H.P. Lovecraft, which is just a collection of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft short stories, which is great. One kid picked 48 Laws of Power, which, like, if you met this kid, you would not expect. <laughs> like, he's a good kid, but he doesn't read a whole lot. But he, he's really fucking loving 48 Laws of Power for whatever reason. Like, this is the book cool. he picked. I mean, it was like, like I asked him what book and like immediately went to this one. So I don't know something about he's, he's ready to take over the world. And then this yeah. other kid p- picked this book, which I'm reading, but I really <clears throat> fucking hate. It's like this shitty young adult fiction. It's called Before I Let Go. Yuck. And it's about this, I think she's a teenager or maybe she's in college, but I guess she could still be a teenager who's from this small town in Alaska and she left to go like live somewhere else, but her best friend stayed behind and her best friend has bipolar disorder and she commits suicide. And so now she's back to figure out what Mm -hmm. really happened. It's like super like whiny and just like teen angsty in like the worst of ways. (laughs) It's I sounds good as a high school English teacher. I should really like young adult fiction but I no, fucking hate young adult You're not fiction. a young adult. <laughs> there are people like as adults who love young adult fiction. Like that's like a, a group of people like love. I don't get the I appeal, know. honestly. I think it's like whiny and like it sucks. Boring. And it's like, who cares? Like your problems and the way like they see the world is just like so distorted. And I realize like the authors aren't teenagers. So like they're creating right a specific world and a specific. Yeah, they know what they're I doing. Right, they're not dumb. They're professional writers who do this for a living. And I have all the respect for for the writers like of this book. Like she's a very famous writer and she's done like a lot of very famous but works. That shit is not for her. me. But no, and then like on top of that too, like it's just very predatory I think to write these kind of books where like it's about like the another book she wrote was like like about a mass school shooting. It's like that's just that's like cool. it's such like a lazy writing thing to do and it's just like really predatory to like the people who actually experience these kind of things and it's very clear like the author here has never actually met someone who suffers with bipolar or depression for that matter or mania and it's just like this way of just like engaging readers that's just very lazy and yeah adults need to do what they normally do in their mid to late <laughs> 20s they need to read like a, a bunch of books about bob dylan <laughs> like me that's the only thing you should be reading <laughs> Yeah, like you need to just be reading like a bunch of like Bob Dylan books. That's what you basically do in your like mid to late twenties. <laughs> is you I... read like four or five Bob Dylan Dylan books in a year. I have uh, so I I have a couple of <laughs> Bob Dylan books on my Audible, which is way, mostly way I read is through listening. But I really wanted to read like not too long ago. I wanted to read Time Out of Mind, but of course it's the second half of like a two volume like series and the first volume isn't on audible so like you can't listen to the first half and it's they're like each like a you know like 800 pages each and i don't know where to what buy are you the talking book. about time out of mind what are you talking about mm-hmm. yeah i think that's what, what it's called what, let's see what is this is this a bob dylan oh it's a bob dylan like it's a bob biography. Dylan book yeah it's, it, but okay. it's so it's it's two Which books so I have the second one, but I don't have the first one. So the second one's only the second conclusion volume of Campbell's critically books. lauded study of the in, inimitable Bob Dylan. So it doesn't start until the mid seventies, which is like still like a cool time of Bob Dylan. But I'd much rather read like his early like I like his early like I think his early life is really more interesting. I I haven't read any uh, Bob Dylan books. <laughs> okay, here's my thing about that though. That era of his life has been done to death we get it you know what i mean like to me that's <laughs> less to me personally that that's less interesting than his life in the 70s 80s 90s up till now by the way i'm seeing him next month really in bloomington no indy in indy what is mm-hmm. he playing at the marat 
Yes. Wow. Gonna see him. Gonna wow. see him before he dies. I mean, it could be any day now. <laughs> He's so old. Yeah, he he was in Noblesville the other day though. See that? Seriously, no. Like, oh, he played at um, he did a surprise um, uh, a P- he he appeared. The Heartbreakers per- were performing at Farm Aid, and he made a surprise appearance, and they played like three songs there, at uh, Ruoff. Ruoff is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Is it still called Ruoff, or did they change? It's still it's called Ruoff. It's called Ruoff. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but he um, yeah, he showed up and he played like three songs. He played like Maggie's Farm for the first time in like fifteen years or Holy something shit. like that. Um. Yeah, like the videos are really great, and um, he's like playing electric guitar, and I don't know, he seems pretty limber. You know what I mean? Like he he, he looks like he's having some fun. Um, he's never gonna stop. Like, he's never gonna stop. Yeah, and yeah, he's now about to go on like his fucking you know USA Another tour. Because he was just he just did a Europe tour like six months ago. Yeah, he was like, like in Japan for I think a, like a month. Yeah, yeah. And he now he, and then Japan. he was in Europe for like a month, and um, he doesn't stop. Um, and now he's now he's here and. Uh, um that'd be really cool if he did like a tour with the heartbreakers that'd be cool um he did like arena shows with them just like doing like electric stuff that'd be really fun um because i think the rough rowdy waves tour is very like not electric it's like very like kind of like pulled back and of course like his renditions of his songs are very like out there like they're very different than what appear on the Mm -hmm. albums which i'm okay with which is classic dylan right yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to listen to that. But when he went on and played with the Heartbreakers, they were a little bit more straight ahead, I think. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited to go see him. I got the cheapest tickets. I was just like, as soon as they opened up, I was like, buy the cheapest tickets <laughs> available. They're, so they're probably terrible seats, but whatever. Who, who fucking cares, man? You're seeing Bob Dylan. Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Oh my God. I'm, I could not be more jealous. Like, that's. That's like a dream concert, honestly. And Marat's not very big either. Like that's not like a huge place. Yeah, so it'll be. Mm. I can't remember the last time I went there. I don't know if I've ever been there. Maybe I have. Probably. It's cool. It's it's not. I mean, obviously, it's not like anything like a you know Ruoff or like if you go to like Dwayne yeah yeah, yeah, yeah or anything like that. Like it's a much more intimate thing. So <laughs> that's gonna be amazing. And that's mm-hmm. next month. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I can't even think of the last concert I went to. Honestly, I think the last concert I went to was Pup. I don't think I've been to a concert since Pup. Emily. It's crazy. Emily. I mean, you guys seen live music. You've seen live music, right? Like you guys see go live to music some place. all the time. Yeah, like local yeah. like stuff. But never like you a say show. Like, yeah, concert. what do you mean? So like I mean like go and like see like like pay money for a ticket to see like a live band. Okay, like, okay. Like we'll go to bars, right? And there'll be like local live bands playing. Right. And we see it all the time. And there's like a great yeah. uh which you would love. So next time you're in Reno, uh I'll take you to this place called the EP Listening Lounge. And it's a bar, but mm-hmm. it's also a record shop. Mm-hmm. And so like the guy who owns it is like really into music. And so like they have like live music there every like Friday night and they do like jazz nights on Wednesdays. Okay. And- and they only play live, they only play records, like they only play vinyl, and they have a really incredible like vinyl setup. And uh it's that's a really what, cool uh, place. Yeah. That's what Haruki but... Murakami did before he became a writer. Oh really? Yeah, he had a jazz like record bar in Japan that he owned with his wife. And um wow. but then he wrote his first novel and then he became instantly famous. <laughs> Essentially. I guess I went to I don't know if this counts or not. I went to like an EDM, like, but it was like a famous EDM guy. I don't know who his name was. I didn't. I went because my friends, um, which are Emily's coworkers' husbands, they really like this guy, and he's like some big name EDM guy. But I don't really know. That's not really. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really get the appeal of it, honestly. Of the whole like thing, I mean, I guess like I, no, I don't really get it. We got shows in concert like pretty like um pretty consistently. We'll go maybe every other week or maybe like every like few weeks, maybe once yeah. a month or something like that, depending on what's who's in town and who is playing where that we really want to see that we're willing to make the travel to go see. We saw Tim Heidecker in Indy not too long ago, and that was fun. Um, 
that might have been the last show that we went to, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I think maybe we saw someone else. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see a good handful of we love live music, you know, and uh, you know when someone comes through, you know, we got to go see them. Um, yeah, we were gonna see the Killers because they're here yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and they're uh, you know Jimmy and my mom have gone to like. M- like four or five of their shows like they really love going wow to and jimmy really loves the killers like it's one of his favorite he's bands. like a true millennial they're true millennials they're true millenn- which is saying something because jimmy doesn't That's listen funny. to music like he doesn't like music so like liking <laughs> a band and liking yeah it's like says a lot for him that's very funny i didn't know that and and i've heard like great things about like their concerts like i hear their live shows are like really fun yeah they're like so, they're, at this point they are like a the killers are essentially like a they're like a legacy band like metallica or something exactly. like that you know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah and uh so we were gonna go to a concert but like a ticket was like 500 dollars each yeah i was like holy that's shit the, that's that's the cost you get for <laughs> going to see the legacy band of the killers you know i mean it makes sense right because i guess like in a certain way like they're like famous still but like they don't really i don't know do they still produce new music they do know. very they much do. so Oh yeah, okay. like they came out with one maybe even earlier this year or last year, the year before, oh, okay. something like that. They're very much act- but, actively yeah, they're making the them. killers. So they were at and they're at but, GSR, which is like a really cool. I've never been there, but like it's the newest casino here because everything's a casino in Reno. Like mm-hmm. if you go to any event center, it's it's at a casino. But like their stage looks really cool like i've seen like pictures and stuff it looks really nice but i haven't gotten to anything because everything that's there is usually super expensive because the only thing that goes to yeah. gsr like kenny g is going to be there it's like all of like the big name artists they go there or they go to the aces stadium if they're like a stadium tour you know like taylor swift mm-hmm. and stuff but yeah i mean i think emily was talking about around her birthday next year i think it's billy eilish is going to be mm. in San Not Francisco, and I think she wants to go to that. Not here, in San, but in San Francisco, yeah. So mm-hmm. we might go that, which I think would be a fun concert to go to. I don't, I have no interest in going to a Taylor Swift concert. Like I don't, I don't get the appeal of Taylor Swift or a Taylor Swift concert. Personally. I would go for free, but that's it. <laughs> I would not spend money. <laughs> and those tickets are like obnoxiously expensive. Right, because everybody wants everyone wants everyone one. wants to go. <laughs> everyone wants to go. Yeah, I saw. I did see Death Grips in Indy not too long ago. We went and saw Death Grips, which is a very important band in my life. Got yeah. to see them live. That's amazing. Was that the first they time you seen them live? Yeah, I'd never seen them live before, which was crazy. I didn't think I was wow. going to be able to go, going to be able to, but I was able to. And yeah, they they went on stage. They played thirty songs, and then they left. <laughs> no encore. No encore. Encore. I like, you know what? I, I prefer that. Like, I don't need an encore. I prefer that too. Like, I don't, just, I, just yeah. Do your thing. Just play all the songs and leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you really need. I've been trying to find movies to show the kids. Yeah. For my mythology class. Because at first we tried reading the book, which I don't know if you've ever met a teenager before, but they <laughs> fucking hate to read. They yeah, really they hate fucking it. hate it. It's and especially the, it's kids, especially kids in the community I work in, because it's a very rural community mm-hmm. and it's a very poor community. And so there's a lot of kids they have that like they legitimately read at a third grade level. Like that's yeah, where they they're don't at give in a life. Fuck. And they don't care. I don't blame them. And, and so I'm like, mythology, like this class is an elective. So like I'm not gonna like push you like no one should be failing this class. You know, it should just be like a, a yeah. class to have fun in. It should be like, like a fun one, yeah. So, like, for the first six weeks, because we're about to hit our six-week mark, we have been doing readings from, like, this book called Mythology, which is mostly just, like, Greek myths. And they really enjoy me talking about it, you know, like, telling them all these different myths, because they're cool, right? Like, the Rape of Persephone and, uh, you know, Prometheus Prometheus and Sisyphus. Everyone likes it. But, like, the moment you try to get them to read these same stories, they won't do it. They'll just refuse. Like, they'll sit there and do absolutely nothing before they'll read amazing so i i've been trying to look up some movies 
that like fit into this and there's like the obvious one like obviously like next week we're showing hercules because they won't fucking shut up about it yeah so uh i've actually never seen hercules before this is my first i think i have but it's been a long long time (laughs) so we're gonna watch that we're gonna watch ray and the last dragon uh we're gonna watch book of life because book of life is based off of the story of orpheus and eurydice's we're gonna watch oh brother where art thou because that's based off the odyssey which i think the kids will like Mm -hmm. moana of course mulan but i don't know iron giant i was thinking maybe like one of the mini frankensteins i could probably do like a dracula maybe like the 1920s dracula might be a good one Mm -hmm. I definitely couldn't do the France for Coppola one. That would not be allowed at school. You can, can't show R-rated movies in our district. So you can only show PG-13 is like the most you can do. And even if you show PG-13, you have to have written permission from the parents to show a right, PG-13 yeah. movie, which is kind of silly because all of these kids are older than 13. So like they could just go to a theater and buy a ticket to this. To yeah, these they want movies. to, yeah. But whatever. So I don't know. Any ideas? I have no ideas. I have zero ideas. I really can't think of a single one. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough because they're like, let's watch the Percy Jackson movies. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not fucking watching those movies. I'm not gonna no, show them. No, that's just Harry Potter. Them. That's just like that would just be like playing Harry Potter in like class. It's like no. th- those are too fun. You need to play <laughs> something in between. <laughs> well, they can be well, fun. They just yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't they know. Don't think like the Percy Jackson is really like adding anything. Because, like, the whole no. point is, like, they, like, learn about myths and, like, what the fuck? I'm not showing Percy Jackson. Like, no. That's bullshit. Uh, I might do, like, one of the Avengers movies just because, like, superheroes. What I think I might actually do is I might show Into the Spider-Verse because that's probably, like, a good American myth. And maybe, like, sure. one of the Batmans because that's also, which they, like, talked about, like, hey, like, because those are, like, that's part of, like, the American mythology is like the idea of superheroes and you know like Batman guess, and, yeah. Superman and, and that kind of thing uh, yeah with teenagers yeah that would probably be the best option yeah i don't know i mean i can't show like you know a, a fucking like 1940s version of orpheus like they're not gonna watch that no i don't think so yeah you got it <laughs> yeah I, I i agree i agree their attention spans are short they're they're only gonna be so engaged although they, there's they need kid. colors yeah no kidding I, I don't think i can show a movie in black and white to these kids there is one kid though she uh she's actually writing a script right now for a short film which is fun it's like this western and uh she's she's into the movies she's been watching like a lot of kubrick lately uh she likes some of some of Sp- spielberg's later stuff and she's probably the only kid of my 150 kids that like watches a lot of movies in fact like there's a lot of kids that I'll ask them like because they don't like to read. So they'll be like, when we're trying to like pick a book for them to read, I'll be like, okay, what books do you like? And they're like, I don't like to read. I was like, okay. So like what movies do you like? And I don't watch movies. Like, what what do you do with your life? What what are you doing? Like, that's just like that's the thing, right? Like, even like movies now that even that requires too much time and attention, you know? It's wild. You be it's a wild world we live in. YouTube video, TikTok video. I will never ever download the TikTok app on my phone ever, my entire life. I have. I refused. What? I gave in a while ago, like maybe a year ago, or no? I, two, never, I think I've had for like two years now. I don't need another app to scroll on. I just like there are things that I'd rather like dedicate my attention to because I know if I put it on my phone and I start going on it, I'm just gonna be on it all day. There you know? all the so, time. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, but it's interesting. You know, it's just kind of like that's just how it is. You know, I think people do kind of slow down though later in life, and they realize like these social media apps like are kind of destroying my brain like they're kind of hurting me like i need to like slow down oh yeah like Um, the only reason i have tiktok and instagram on my account is because like i upload stuff for the podcast yeah like it's work that's different it's work that's like work yeah but the thing yeah that's different what's frustrating like because it's on my phone like there is like part of me still like wants to be on there even but it's like i can't fucking it feels like good. you can't do it from your computer like if i yeah. could just like do the work on the computer but of course they've designed it to be like fucking awful on a computer yeah i have like no like when i'm in front of the computer i'm on twitter like all day but i don't have the twitter app on my phone so when i'm away yeah. from my computer i'm not on twitter you know yeah 
are you still on x twitter whatever no i'll go i, I mean like it's like the one like social media account that i will consume content on like on a regular basis i don't use instagram i don't use tiktok i use facebook but i don't use it to consume news i use it for like work and like i'll randomly i'll see like a picture of like a bird on there or something but i don't use it at all for anything else besides work um and i guess letterbox as i guess social media but yeah letterbox sort of it's not nearly as addictive. Like it's it doesn't no. have like an addictive quality. I mean, like, I I find myself on it a lot just cuz <laughs> in my daily life I'll be like I'll remember something or I'll hear something and I'll look it up and then I'll be clicking on yeah. all the different names and reading stuff. But it's more stuff, of like you know? a, a tool, right? Like it doesn't No, it's a little know. bit more uh it's a little bit less, I guess, um you're learning stuff in a way, I guess. Um probably more valuable than TikTok. But just having it on my phone, it's just like which sucks. I wish I wish I didn't have to have like them on my phone. Yeah, especially like Instagram. I don't want to be tied to my phone all day fine. long. I just can't do it. And and the thing is, like, it, the nice thing about working in a school is like literally from the moment I get there, from like seven a.m. to three p.m. Like I don't have a single <laughs> fucking moment to be on my phone. Like I can't take a call, a text message, anything. Like I'm just like there, you know, present with the kids. So like for those eight or nine hours plus like the hour drive there and back, like I'm not on my phone, which is really nice. So then I only end up being on my phone for like, you know, maybe like a couple of minutes yeah. in the morning and like a little bit in the evening. And I never got on my phone like after like six o'clock. Like I'm like, you know, I just like cut it off because like the workday's done. And, but you know, I'm still, I still probably spend like 15, 20 minutes on TikTok throughout the day. So fucking TikTok, man. And that's what these kids are on, like, all fucking day. Fucking We're playing video games. Which video games? You know, I don't know. I'm not really. I play a lot of video games in high school. Did I tell you? I don't think I told you this story. So, like, in my class, my, like, core English class, it's all we do is we read and we write. And so these kids, like, they can either, like, physically read the book or they can listen to it. Because I know that some of the kids, like, struggle with the reading. So I'm like, okay, you can listen to it. And what I'm cool with is like when they're listening to it, they can do other stuff because like it doesn't take all of your energy to listen to a book. So like some of them like play solitaire or like, you know, they'll play like a little like, you know, tap game on their phone or whatever. But this one kid, he pulls out an Xbox controller. Wow. He connects it to his computer because they all have computers and he's playing like right. fucking Call of Duty or something, like some first person shooter shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you, Did you, tell what him are to you stop? doing? Yeah, I was like, if administration walked in the door right now, how am I supposed to explain be, that? This it, kid? It, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't look very good if he, he was playing like a first-person shooter in which he's running around killing people. Yeah, that's maybe not uh, a, a good <laughs> not uh, thing to have in this classroom. So I see what you mean. Yeah, that's funny as or fuck. The, of the course, that's, next... such a, the, that's such a like a like a school, like a teenager thing to do, teenage boy thing to do. Teenagers, for some reason, think like teachers are like the <clears throat> stupidest human beings to have ever existed. Like the things they try to get away yeah. with. Like they brought the very next class he brought in his nintendo switch oh, and yeah, he just set it course. up like right on his desk i'm like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> bro we're, we're this is not game time that's funny <laughs> like i don't ask that much of you like my class is really easy like all you have to do is just like write a little bit and read a little bit like that's it these fucking kids yeah it's it's awful well, this one kid <sighs> on friday which is Fridays are kind of wild because we have all seven classes. So like we have a block yeah. schedule like we did in high school, right? So like you have A right. days and B days and each class is 90 minutes. But on Fridays, uh, unlike our high school, we have all seven classes. So the classes are only like 30 minutes and it's also Friday and the kids only have a half day. So, you know, the kids are already like super rowdy. And this one, and so on Fridays we do like readings, like we read like other people, like kids writings, which is great for them to like learn how to like understand like, uh, how to give constructive feedback and all this kind of stuff. And so this one kid raises his hand to give like feedback. So I asked for his feedback and he plays the sound bite from Pornhub. Like, you know, the oh, okay, extremely cool, famous yeah. sound. That's such, like that's that so plays. funny. Real funny, real funny guy, huh? And I was like, Jesus Christ. It's wow. These kids. Sometimes you just want to like uh Real funny guy. Yeah. And they just. Yeah. Some days. 
the thing about being a teacher is like there's some really like good days you know like days where like a kid right where you're like yeah we did it like honestly so the thing about again the thing about Dayton right poor community rural community I have a lot of kids who have spent time in juvie or or prison yeah. or, or whatever right because these kids get into drugs and they're selling shit and you know they're, they're doing shit they're not supposed to those are my best kids like those are my best behaved kids like they're like they yeah, do some work right. they're kind they're generous like they're they're there they're engaged it's just like some of these kids and you don't even know like what to do because like you talk to other teachers and they're like yeah like like you look because you can see as a teacher you can see their grades for all of their classes and the kids who struggle in your class are like the same kids who are struggling in all of their classes like they're doing the same fucking thing yeah. it's like i don't some of these kids are just impossible. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's probably just out of your control, out of your uh, skills, your purview. I don't know. Yeah. Something you can't control, unfortunately. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's how it goes. I currently have, so I have 150 kids that I teach overall, right? So not, not a ton of kids. I have 23 kids failing. Mm-hmm. 23. That's not... <laughs> I have a, I have I a class know. that's over... But think about this. That's basically through... So I have six classes, but no one's failing in either of my mythology classes. That's two classes. And no one's failing in my creative writing classes. So that means between three classes, which is about 90 kids, 23 are failing. Yeah. So that's like 20%. That's more than 20% are failing my class. And they shouldn't be. It's not a hard class to pass. Yeah. I know. I don't know. Like the first couple of weeks, I was like really trying to get them to do work and like doing everything I can because I was like, I really don't want to fail anyone. But I'm at a point where I'm like, you know what? If you're gonna fail, I guess like you're gonna fucking fail. Like that's your that's your choice. So yeah. the fun of being a teacher. Everyone should try it. It's great. I get paid very little, and my job's really hard, <laughs> and it's extremely stressful. Yeah, I don't envy you, but I. I... <laughs> I don't envy you, but I I admire it. I admire teachers. So <laughs> teachers really are that. Especially like I think it's more impressive the teachers who work in communities like my community. Not me, but like people who work in my community. Because like mm-hmm. you're paid less than you would be if you worked in Reno. Yeah. And your job is significantly harder. Because like, let's be honest, like the teachers who worked in Noblesville, which were all great teachers, right? Most of masters and doctors and all this shit, like very good teachers, but like, it's a much easier job to work at Noblesville than it is to work in like Monrovia, Indiana. That would occur. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's just like, you're working with a very different community, but uh, I am applying to my MFA, which I told you, Andrew. So I may be teaching college. So this may be one of the years, like a high school teacher, because I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this long term. We'll see. We'll see. But if I, yeah. So it's good experience. It's a very good yeah, experience. It, it's a very good experience. You know, it gets me closer to a community. And, you know, if nothing else, like I certainly have learned like a shit ton about yep. all kinds of shit. So it definitely keeps you on your toes. I mean, you have to know every, you know, these books mm-hmm. kind of like inside and out so you can like talk yep. about them with these kids. But, yeah, nothing movie related. I have no movie related. Nothing, nothing movie related. <laughs> well, thanks Literally for listening nothing. to the movie podcast. <laughs> I mean, I I've never stopped, you know, watching movies. I always watch them. Always. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw, but did you see that they put that Hal Hartley retrospective on Criterion? Did you peep that? No, I didn't see that. But the did you do you like Hal Hartley? Have you ever watched a Hal Hartley movie? I don't think so. Let me have see. you heard of him? I've heard of him. I think we might have talked about him before. I've never watched okay. any of his movies. I've never seen any of his before movies. The but I how's okay, so tell me. I more. think I, I think well, I think I heard his name like uh, for the first time like a while ago. Like I think someone mentioned him offhandedly like on a podcast. Mm-hmm. But I saw that they were putting this retrospective on the Criterion channel and it kind of and it kind of blew me away because it was gonna be 30 films. Thirty of his films would be in the retrospective, which is more than Holy I've ever shit. seen for in any, any kind of criterions. like collection. Yeah, like yeah, it's usually like four the, or five, <clears throat> right? And I think the reason why they're it's it's features and short films of his, and it's like every mm-hmm. single one because I think Hal Hartley, he he's been able to retain the ownership of all of his movies, so, so he's he able just to sold do it all like to, this. yeah, really or like cool. rented it out or whatever he does. 
Sure. Yeah. yeah so he, lease it out, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got, so he owns them all, which is great. And, and I think that's kind of like his claim to fame is that he's just like a, this independent filmmaker, independent voice and, you know, cinema. Yeah. And, uh, I've watched a bunch of his movies, um, since that, uh, retrospective came out and I think I'll continue to watch more. I've watched like five of them. Well, five mm-hmm. of his features and then some of his shorts. Um, I've been just going through like, uh, like from beginning to from the beginning. So watching his first and then his second film and stuff like that. Um, I just completed, uh, his kind of like, um, well, I, I decided to watch the retrospective too, because Criterion put an interview, like an 18 minute interview where, um, they interview Hal Hartley and he kind of just talks about his work and, uh, he just seems like a really cool, nice kind of, um, um, humble guy. And, uh, and the, uh, uh, the 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 parts and uh, moments that they played from his movies uh, intrigued me, because um, his movies uh, have a particular uh, I don't know. There's a particular style going on. I would say, um, mm-hmm. maybe not necessarily from like a visual standpoint, but from kind of like an acting and writing standpoint. Um, his movies are like. Uh, First of all, his actors are very Bersonian, so they're very static, and okay, you know what I mean. Like they're yeah. they don't they're kind of monotone. Um, <clears throat> the other thing too, Hal Hartley, he gets a lot of like B list actors for his movies, um, who have who have who after working with Hal Hartley have gone on to be in tons of other movies and TV shows, including Edie Falco and Michael Imperioli, are have both really acted in his in his movies. So it's very weird. That's um, wild. And so the, these are like at the time when they were like no name actors, pretty much. Yeah, I would say so. Like before Sopranos. Wow. Okay. Um, so so he has he has like an eye for like. B list actors, for, yeah, yeah, like so, like actors who aren't necessarily like super famous but are really good, and then have gone on to not be super famous but have acted a lot and are very yeah. good actors. Um, Martin, I think that's what his name is. Like Martin, uh, Martin Donovan is in a lot of his movies, and he's really great. Um, Adrian Shelley was in a bunch of his movies too. Um, <laughs> I like her; she's a good actor. Adrian Shelley. Um. Parker Posey is in some early works of his as well. Of course, she went on to, you know, be pretty famous, but she's like a B-lister, you know, like she's not like the most famous actor in the world, but she's quite yeah. famous. Um, And, uh, but again, his, is the Hal Harley style is one that I think people will maybe bristle with. Uh, some people might say it's cringe inducing. Some people might say it's pretentious. Um, the way that people act, like I said, are very Bersonian. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a very writerly guy. He writes and directs all of his movies. So everything, every it's like characters talking about uh, philosophy and literature and love and stuff like that. So people might not like that very much, I think. And I think that's fair. Um, I don't mind it at all. I, I The thing about the Hal Hartley writing style is that um, even when things get a little kind of like highfalutin, um mm-hmm. they're really funny hey so Healthy. i i if it didn't have that great humor it would maybe be a little bit more difficult to watch his movies but they're really funny and so i, I find them very fun to watch in that way um and he keeps a good energy going throughout his movies of the ones that i've seen um uh with his first few features like the unbelievable truth, trust, surviving desire, and simple men. Well, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like his first few movies are like kind of about like relationships, family, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I watched one last night called Amateur, which was. Healthy. Sorry. No, he's fine. No. <laughs> I watched one uh, last night 
which was like uh, stars Isabel Hubert, who's great. One of the greats. <clears throat> and uh, that one was particularly dark, like or not like 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 sex, violence, drugs, pornography, like those things weren't in his movies before and now they are. So that one movie was particularly interesting before after watching all of his other stuff. And again, the thing about his movies that I really like is that they kind of have like a really strong independent spirit. They don't it's just I like his movies like his movies are great because they are just like a complete vision of what Hal Hartley wants to express from him. A he writes them, he directs them. What do you say? Uh, an auteur yeah i would yeah yeah definitely i mean yeah like yeah. yeah to put it that way of course he does the music for his movies as well um amateur is also like looks particularly more expensive than his other movies it has a bigger <laughs> cast it's filmed in, in like a city it's like um <clears throat> there's a lot of like 90s pop rock songs that play throughout like from my bloody valentine and jesus lizard and stuff like that so that part feels a lot more expensive um, but again, like his movies just kind of have this like really strong independent spirit to them, even if they kind of have like this jilted thing where we were we 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 covered Altman not too long ago and how his actors like act where they're talking over one another. Hal Harley isn't like that at all. His characters talk one, right after another. They bounce back and forth with their dialogue. There's no talking over each other. Um, and again, like when you see it, you you'll get it. But some people might not like it very much. But I thought it was good, and I think I'll still continue to watch his movies. Um, very Gen X, very '90s, um, but really good. And I'm glad I got them all on there because I might watch them all. He has some features. He has some shorts too that I've watched that I'll also continue to watch that are pretty good as well that I liked. So yeah, yeah, big ups. All right, I'll have to check that out. Did you notice that? Like I was on Letterboxd recently, and like Wes Anderson has released like four short yeah. films. What? Yeah, what's no, I knew that? about that. It's what's all in Netflix. That? It's Netflix original stuff. They're oh, all based on Roald Dahl okay. movies, uh, books. Because he's, he's making a Roald Dahl feature, right? That's out Biography. already. That is out it already is. out. Yeah that that movie is forty minutes long, and then he has like three or four like short films. So what's the so Roald Dahl on one? Oh, is that the wonderful story yes. of Henry Sugar? It's just like okay. a forty-minute long movie, and then he has like 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 three other like short films Shorts. also based off Roald Dahl. So, I mean, yeah, you get a bunch of Wes Anderson. This is a busy man. He's got. He's I mean, because Asteroid City came out this year too. Yeah, like that's that's a lot of shit coming out in one year. Yeah, he's that's really basically like two feature reason. films. That's maybe we'll, maybe I'll watch that today. I don't know. I might. I, I, I haven't. I just, I just. I was too busy with Hal Hartley. Yeah. But I yeah, mean, October so we'll starts next week, so spooky season. Got watching spooky movies. Maybe you saw Ten is out or is coming out. I might watch. I might go see that. I saw the last one in theaters. So that's in theaters, yeah. isn't it? Right now. Yeah, I think so. I think it's out now. I think it I is. think I want to go see it. It's directed by the guy who directed the arguably maybe one of the best saw movies which is saw six so interesting i might get around to that kevin so he's done saw six saw 3d this new one a movie called jezebel visions and jackals okay so he's only been he hasn't been a director for very long i mean he's older but he's only done like six movies like I said, the, he directed the sixth movie, which is very good. I like the sixth movie a lot. And I think most people like it a lot, too. Okay. It looks like he's the editor for all of the Saul movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including the original. So. The last one sucked. I did not like the last one with Chris Rock. I thought that one was embarrassing. Jigsaw? Is that what it was called? Yeah, it yeah. sucked. I did not like it, it very much at all. Uh, no, I didn't think it was. Well, no, 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 no not stars. Jigsaw. There was... um. That's There's weird. When you look Jigsaw? at the saw, when you look at the saw collection, like it's it doesn't have that movie on there. There's one called Spiral, which is a saw movie, um, that came out after Jigsaw, um, um and it sucked. That's um, the one with Chris Rock, right? Yeah, Jigsaw was the one that came out before it, and it's okay, but not great. Um, there's some issues, I thought. Um, 
yeah, I like the Saw movies. They're uh, I've talked about it before, but like they're kind of like a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I'm a little worried though. I feel like I'm gonna wait. Oh shit! I didn't realize this. I was just like, I didn't realize this. Saw ten takes place between the events of Saw one and two. Yeah, have you not seen a trailer for it? No, I haven't seen any trailer for it. I don't care. I've seen the trailer. That's funny. I didn't realize it came. It was like it happened. It's like a between Saw one and two. The Saw the 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 first like you know Saw one like. I don't know. There's all movies like I like them. Like I don't give a fuck. Like people can I I know it's like trash, but like oh, they're sure so trash. I can't I can't deny how much fun they are to watch. Yeah. I don't know. That's just it's just not really in my wheelhouse particularly yeah. I, just, I don't know it, it just makes me uncomfortable but who am i to say now you love those movies so and i've never actually seen any of the saw movies like in whole so you know i can't really properly say i dislike them but i think you can i think you can just watch the first one and i think for most yeah. people you can just watch the first one and then go on with your day <laughs> And that would be fine. I don't think you would be losing a lot from watching the sequels, but I like the sequels just because they get ridiculous. Like, the traps are crazy. Like, the traps are obviously really crazy, but also, like, the story and characters, the way that they, the way that they kind of, like, like, create kind of, like, this weird tapestry is, like, Mm -hmm. very uh, fun, very funny to watch. Yeah. All right. I was, you know, we were reading um one of the kids' short stories yesterday. And it was like a horror story, and the way the one well, like they're getting their feedback on it, and the kid goes, "This is a very A twenty four horror movie." Like okay. that's how they describe. <laughs> it's like that's that's, cool. that's so strange that like A twenty four is such a specific type of horror movie that they make that like you could use it to, like as an adjective to describe someone's writing, not even like a movie. Like to oh, describe so someone's so, writing. so they were trying to say it sucks. No. <laughs> very A24 horror movie. They're saying it's just very particular, which I mean, honestly, so it, the short story is like about this, uh, they call him the rat killer. And he, he like disguised himself as like this homeless guy. And he's basically like a cannibal. And he like has like rats that like come out of him and they'll like eat people. It's a really yeah. cool idea. It's a really great uh, creative short story. And it is a bit A twenty four y. Like there's like some A twenty four aspects to it. It's like, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> like I could see this being made into like A twenty four movie. Although, isn't that new Nicolas Cage movie? Isn't that A twenty four? A dream scenario. Yes. Yeah, that one looks good. I heard I a lot of good that. things about it. It looks. Great. I heard a lot of good things about it. Legitimately. Yeah, I got to see that movie if it comes out, and um. You know, just uh, you know, Scorsese movie comes out next month. That's gonna that'll be, be amazing. Three and a half Great. hours. Of course it is. It's Scorsese. Can't can't expect anything less. I mean, Irishman was only three hours, so yeah, only <laughs> three. <funny>. Yeah, <laughs> just a brief three hours. Yeah, I'm looking at what's so in. Yeah, you know that's exciting, but uh, you know, I I haven't been in the movie theater in a while. Nothing has really looked all that pleasing to me. I guess the new Saw does look pleasing, but I don't know if I want to i don't know if i feel like going out of my way to go see it i might i don't know are you gonna it's see almost stop... two hours which is like kind of that's kind of long we're you gonna say are you gonna see stop making sense in theaters i kind of missed it when they i've seen it in theaters before actually but like several years ago okay. um but like uh, the i don't know i was kind of like thinking of going and see it in imax like an indie or something but it i didn't come around to it and um i haven't checked in a little so, while, but maybe it's playing around here, but I don't really know. They're playing that's it, a movie. I mean, yeah. What are you saying? They're playing it around here right now. So mm. they might still have it in your theaters if they had it here. That's a movie I've seen so many times, it's like Yeah. That's <laughs> I've seen true. it so many times. Still. I don't know. Like are you gonna see it? 
I'm really thinking about it. I mean, I'm looking at like the movies that are <laughs> just, on right just, now. Just because you're just like fuck, like I don't care. Like <laughs> I gotta yeah, go. I, just go see. Something sense is great. And I, I mean, like I'm not gonna see Saw Ten. Dumb Money looks okay. The creator looks okay. Looks shitty. I'm certainly not gonna see these movies, these movies I'm just like not very excited for, like the ones you just mentioned. Like I'm just like not that like revved up to go see them. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't pay to see these movies, but I still have that yeah. movie pass thing. So like I don't know. A haunting in Venice, I guess, is probably fine. The Nun 2. I heard, I've heard it. I've heard that movie was suitable. I'm not going to go one? see it, but I heard it wasn't too bad. The Haunting in Venice. Oh, maybe really? you would. Okay. Maybe you would. Uh, honestly, maybe out of all those movies, you would like that. I don't know. You think so? Maybe. I don't know. Like, maybe if I, I had to pick like a movie of the, if I had to pick like a movie in theaters right now that I think you would maybe like, maybe <laughs> out of all the ones at the ones you just listed, that one would yeah. be it. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, Will Sloan, who's a, a very good letterbox uh, Canadian reviewer mm-hmm. guy, he said, an agreeable weekend afternoon time killer. <laughs> okay, that's exactly what you need sometimes. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> I can be if down you, with that. If you've seen a lot of the old Dark House B-movies that Monogram and Universal cranked out in the 1940s, you'll find much to enjoy here. This movie oh, doesn't really? have the fastest okay. pulse in the world, but neither did those movies. Brainig, who you know stars in it and directed it, yeah. is a medium yeah, yeah. talent and anything but consistent. But I respect how he seems to approach hack work without without condensation. <laughs> condensation. So okay, I mean that sounds yeah, I mean, fun. That, sound, that sounds agreeable, like Will said. Yeah, I mean that doesn't sound. That's not a bad movie reveal. I mean that's that's fine. I'll take that. I haven't seen any of the others because it's a it's a sequel. Tech, it's a sequel. Right, right. It's a sequel it's, to. It's, uh, it's his Poirot, like an Agatha character. Christie. Thing, yeah, right? it's the he's he's doing he's playing the character of what uh, Hercule Poirot, I think that's how you say it. The I think so. Charlie Chaplin famously played him, and but yeah, he did like the murder on the Orient Express and the death on the Nile, and now he's doing this one, Haunting in Venice. So you don't have to see the others. I mean, it's just no, it's just no, it's just the same character. Yeah, it's the same universe, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is right. Ryan Johnson making another one of his? Knives Out movies? Is he doing another one? God, I hope not. I think he is. <laughs> we don't need another one of those movies. <laughs> the Who Done It thing is just kind of like I don't, I, I don't get a lot of satisfaction out of it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we saw Knives Out together. Now it's fine. Yeah, and that that movie at that moment was fine. I had a good time. It's better than Glass Onion. Did you ever watch Glass Onion? I haven't seen Glass Onion. No. It's not, it's not bad. It's just like it's competently made by like a competent filmmaker, but like it's a pointless film. So what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like a, it's meaningless. Like I'd much rather have Ryan Johnson do something else. But whatever. He he's on his his thing. So did you see the uh I think the WGA strike ended or like is about to Yeah, this shit is over. That's wild. I think that's like the longest one they've had in like forever. Like it's one of their longest strikes. <clears throat> yeah, congratulations. Let's go. I'm glad the writers finally got something. Cause Jesus fucking Christ. Does that mean SAG is done too then? Or is SAG still striking? Is I don't SAG know. Still striking? I, I'm not super on top of the striking news. I think everybody's good to go. I think everybody's ready to go now, but I don't know. Okay, so SAG is still striking, but they're in talks right now. Oh, interesting. Okay. So WGA is over, which is great. I mean, they, they've been strike they stroke for over 108, 120 days. Yeah, they struck for a while. Fucking wild. So it's really great that that worked out for them. And SAGs looks like they're about to I'm guessing like they're gonna try to get them back now that they have the writers back. They're just gonna like try to end it. So that's good. I mean, I didn't follow the strike that closely towards the beginning. I followed it pretty closly just because like there was a lot of stuff on my feed about like particularly the WGA. Like I didn't really care about the SAG strike because like I'm not a fucking actor. Like I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> no offense mm-hmm. to the actors that listen to this, but uh, I think it's WGA interesting. Strike. They're like worried about like the AI thing. They're all worried about the AI thing, which that's fair. Know. I mean, yeah, because like now they can like. Because they basically have the technology, they can just like take like a bunch of pictures of your face, and they can just put you in movies now. 
Like that's what we're at. Yeah, which is disgusting. Like it's which is yeah. It's an affront. It's awful. So I get it. And then you know, WGA kind of has a similar fear of like AI written content, which like isn't very good right now, but like it's only a matter of time Mm -hmm. before like it's competent enough that the studios are willing to just like do that instead. So we'll see about that. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's not like they're gonna stop, you know, writing movies or any of that shit, but I think like studios will like to save money will be like oh we'll just have ai write this mm-hmm. did you get around but, to seeing the third season of john wilson <clears throat> i haven't watched it yet okay well another thing I'll, I'll i'll mention real quick is that i did watch um the, that new hbo documentary three-part series called telemarketers mm-hmm. it's pretty it's it's produced by the safety brothers oh, okay. um and uh it was really good I recommend really it. it's just about it's just about like um telemarketing in the United States, specifically um <clears throat> this uh, one particular company. Um and you get uh and one of the guys who directed uh the telemarketer series worked started working at this telemarketer company, telemarketing company at 14 years old in New Jersey. Holy um shit. because they'll hire anyone. Like they'll just hire anyone. They don't care. Do yeah, yeah. They don't care, yeah. And um and uh yeah he like brought a camera in and he filmed a bunch of footage of in the office so you get like this like great footage of like the office at the new at this at this just in the like footage from like the 2000s like late 2000s of like this telemarketing uh office in new jersey and everyone's like acting crazy and stuff and uh um it's just like a good kind of like <clears throat> it gives you like a good kind of like micro history of like the history of telemarketing and you get a, a few really great characters too that are really, really wonderful. And it's just really funny. And um, yeah, you know, and it kind of just highlights, a, I think, a, you know, an important issue. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's different than the Wiseman thing that we were For talking sure. about, but I don't, I don't mind it as much here because it has, I think it, it still does a really, really good job. Yeah. And um, I recommend it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's always, I saw it on HBO, but I didn't know if it was. I didn't realize it was made by or produced by the Side of Your Brother. So yeah, if it's it, it's you know out of all of them, you know, I'm not. I'm completely uninterested in documentary series that highlight like some kind of like celebrity thing. Like there yeah, was that one they made tons. recently about Army Hammer. They made a couple. I don't care. Yeah. I do not care about <laughs> Army Hammer. But the telemarketers thing, that's like about a thing that like affects like a lot of people. It affects like vulnerable populations into giving money to essentially a scam. So I think that's important. And, uh, you know, I think that's good. A good thing. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. About an hour here. Yeah, I think we're done. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And uh, until next time. Thank you again.